Welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. This is the show for customer service managers, VPs of customer experience, and all of you other CXers out there. Every week, we are going to dig into topics, challenges, wins, and updates in the CX customer service community. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Check us out at CXChronicles.com. Feel free to reach out to us anytime. Thank you so much for being a part of the CX Chronicles Nation. All right. Thanks so much for joining the CX Chronicles podcast. We've got a really cool show today. Um, Connor Gillivan is joining us from FreeUp. Uh, Chief Marketing Officer, Connor has, I'm really excited about Connor joining us today because similar to me, he's really been living and breathing customer success for for the bulk of his career. He is going to tell us an awesome story today about how he got to where he is, the way that that, that he thinks about taking care of customers and clients, and more importantly, he's going to share with us a bunch of really cool things that that, that he's been working on. So with without uh, further ado, Connor, welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. Thanks, Adrian. How's it going today? Thanks for having me on. It's going great, my friend. It's going great. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, you and I, for, for our listeners, we had an awesome chat the other day together, and uh, I, I'm really excited for our listeners to hear uh, a little bit about your story and, and for you to kind of hop into the weeds and some of the stuff that you're, you're working on over at FreeUp. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to share the story, and, and I look forward to the, the, the conversation around the, the customer experience, too. I think we had an awesome initial chat, and we can really dive into to some more things here. I'd love that. I'd love that. Well, let's start off by telling the CX Chronicles Nation about yourself, my friend. Let's, let's let people know how you got started on your personal customer experience journey. Yeah, sure. So um, it, it's been a, a good journey. I've, I've been an entrepreneur for, for most of my life, and I actually had the, the privilege of growing up in a family where entrepreneurship was always an option, right? So I, my first job was working with a cousin who ran his own business. I started my own lawn mowing and care, lawn care service business at the age of 16 and understood what it meant to work with clients in, in that capacity. I, I went to school in, in Connecticut at a, a smaller school called Quinnipiac, and I was studying business, economics, and math there. And I met my business partner who was starting to sell products on Amazon.com, which of course is known for Jeff Bezos and all of his philosophies around the customer and Absolutely. putting them first and yep. making sure that you know that they are what is most important. Um, so that was another great entrepreneurial experience. Him and I worked on that business for about six years. We ran it out of our dorm room. We expanded to selling different types of products with suppliers all around the United States. And through that whole experience, our focus was on making sure that our customer was always happy, but also making sure that the suppliers we were working with were happy with our relationship as well. So approaching the the customer-client partner experience from a few different levels. And then through that experience, we ended up building out a team. We had some full-time employees. We had some part-time employees. We had an office set up. And then we also hired a, a good a group of remote freelancers. We had about 35 of them at a certain point that were helping us to run this business. And we were using websites like Upwork and Fiverr and Freelancer. And we just kept running into the same frustrations. We would post a job, get 10 to 20 applicants. 
put them through the interview process, hire one that we thought was the best, and then we'd run into turnover with bad communication or not having the skill sets that they had or not being able to stay with us for as long as we needed. And that was really the idea, the frustration that got us to starting free up. And so free up is a marketplace where business owners can hire freelancers that we personally have already pre-vetted for their skills, their communication, and also their attitude. And like you said, that's, that's what I mainly work on today. And uh, we can dive into a, a lot of the, the different practices that we've used to make sure that the clients and the freelancers experience is always put first with us. That's that's awesome. I mean, so first of all, that 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 journey and that 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 voyage as you just explained is incredible. It sounds like you had a, a bunch of really really great experiences along the way. Um, I want to start. I want to go back. I want to backtrack just for a second. So, with mm-hmm. the the first business that you mentioned, selling the Amazon products. So I've got a laundry list of questions, mm-hmm. but to keep it to keep it simple for the for the sake yeah. of the show, how did you guys? How did you even begin to unravel that world? I mean, at that time, Amazon was so new. How did you guys begin to even yeah. figure out how to make sense of it? I, 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 talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so like you said, this was about 2009. So uh, the Amazon marketplace or the idea of allowing other people to sell through Amazon was, was just getting started up. And the whole Prime membership, which is dominating yep. Amazon today, was was still just starting it as was, well. That's right. It, was, so, it wasn't even a thing that people knew about at that point. Right. It was very much in its infancy, and they had less warehouses. They didn't have all of their distribution. And so just a totally different world. Um, and the way we first got into it was we were buying textbooks back from students on campus. We were listing them on Amazon and it was really just like a, an experiment at first. We listed a few books. We saw if we could sell them. Uh, we saw them starting to sell, and, and we shipped them to the customer, and we saw that we could make a little bit of extra money. And that was really the first area that we focused on for about a year. And we learned how Amazon worked. We understood what they liked, what they didn't like. They have a bunch of metrics that you have to meet every single day to make sure that you can still sell on Amazon. So we kind of figured out systems and processes for all of that. Um, and, and once we understood the, the basics, the basic foundation of selling through Amazon, we then went out and, and found other types of products and, and suppliers that we could work with. Wow, that's pretty awesome. That's very, very cool. And on top of it, you guys were you were way ahead of the curve there, right? I mean, nowadays, all of our listeners, anybody that's um, that's familiar with Amazon, it's it's become almost a second nature thing, right? You push the button to get whatever you th- whatever you need. Two, three days later, you got your box in front of the door. That was not the case in two thousand nine. Right. <laughs> I remember Connor, like being in even in New York City, where you know um, you're always exposed to some of these things quick and early. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember it wasn't like it is today. Like, it, you know what I mean? There wasn't, um, everybody knew that this thing was going to be a huge business, but it took a while for people to catch on and for it to become such a norm. So it sounds like you guys were in a great place at a great time and you were able to, to really kind of be one of the pioneers at, 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 at pushing this. That's awesome. Yeah. Super, super grateful for that, that timing. Um, I think around that time too, it was only, it was less than a decade after the whole, um, like 2000 deal where everyone started getting scared of the internet. And so people (laughs) were still getting comfortable with, you know, purchasing things online and and trusting that it would end up at their doorstep. So 
Um, it was it was a very interesting time, and it's progressed a lot over the past decade. Absolutely. Um, I want to before we get into uh, free up, I want to ask you one more question. So when you were talking about using solutions like Fiverr, Upwork, and, and you were talking about some of the challenges that you were having in terms of finding great talent, great people to help you build this company. Um, I, I would love, you mentioned that you were using these solutions to sort of pre-vet or, or, or review which some of these some of these potential freelancers would look like. How were you guys doing that pre-vetting with the freelancers to know that you had a person that you really wanted and trusted to work on whichever project you were assigning them? Yeah, sure. So it, it very much evolved. We we spent about three years using those platforms to try to hire freelancers. Um, and at first, you know, we were very new to hiring. So we, you know, we asked as many questions as we could. But over time, we, we learned where we really got burned by people when we weren't asking the right questions. Um, and so towards the end, the, the process very much became pretty well laid out. So, you know, if we needed, let's just use an example. So we need someone that can help us run our social media. We would go to one of these sites. We'd create a detailed job listing explaining that person, explaining our budget, and explaining the details of what they'd be doing. We would post that up. Usually within a couple of days, you'd like I said, you'd receive maybe 10 to 20, sometimes even more than that, applicants from their marketplace who said they could do the job. Yep. Um, we would shortlist ones. We'd go through their profiles look to see if they had experience, look to see where they're from, look to see how their writing was, et cetera. Um, and then we'd shortlist maybe three to five of those people, set up interviews with them, talk to them on Skype, ask them questions, make sure that they really had the skills and they were ready to communicate and work with us on a regular basis. And then based off of those, those interviews, we'd, we'd kind of talk and, and try to make a decision on, on who would be best for the business. So we spent a lot of time going through that process over those first three years as, as we were trying to find people to help us out. That makes that makes great sense, and I and, and this leads to uh, a nice natural segue for us. I imagine during those three years, you and your uh, you and your partner probably <laughs> came up with a number of the uh, of the the initial ideas for how to get free up going. Is that right? Yeah, totally. I, I don't think we knew that it was going to lead to free up, but. As we went through the, the process and we were learning and, and iterating and, and really trying to figure out the best way to do this, we eventually got to a point where uh, we kind of were talking. I think we were just in our office one day kind of brainstorming, and we, we kind of thought of this idea, you know, we have these people that are awesome for us now. We had, we had found about 30 freelancers over those three years that we loved working with and that were very reliable and had the skills to help us grow our Amazon business, and we started to think, could could these people help other sellers do the same thing? Um, and then could we, as a, a new company, you know, do that and just focus on that? So that's kind of where those initial thoughts started to come from. That's incredible. So then, so then, so bring this up to speed. So this, how long has FreeUp? Um, how how long? When was FreeUp founded, Connor? It was founded in uh, mid twenty fifteen. So we're we're approaching about three years Congrats. now. Um, great, great for you guys. Thanks. Yep, yep. It's been a good journey so far. So, yeah, the first year we were we were very focused on working with Amazon sellers since that's where our expertise was. Sure, sure. And then due to due to client demands, so a lot of these Amazon sellers would also sell on their own e-commerce website or sell on eBay or sell on another marketplace. They started asking us for 
other types of freelancers that were more in like the digital marketing and digital advertising realm. Okay. So we started to add those people in the second year. And then in this, um, in this third year where we've been moving a lot into other types of businesses. So a lot of digital marketing agencies have found us and, and really uh, like using us to both find new clients themselves and then also hire people to help them with their projects uh, among a number of other types of businesses. So we've just been slowly adding more and more skills to cater to these new businesses as well. That's incredible. And now, so let me, let me ask you a question on that, Connor. So you're, you've got a, a, a suite of, of, of different services that you're providing. How do mm-hmm. you actually know when and where there's a, there's a prime opportunity where it makes sense for the company and it makes sense for you and your team to start thinking about what that new slate of freelancers is going to look like. Say you're adding some new service, how and when and where mm-hmm. do you know that there's a need for it? And then how do you begin to set up that new suite? Yeah. So a, a lot of it is, is really tapping into our client base. Um, so we really listen to them and we see the requests that they're submitting so we don't we don't like uh, limit people on what they could submit. Someone could request a you know a translator from Hindi to English, and if we didn't have that person, then to us it's like okay, there seems to be a small opportunity there. So um, we we always kind of have a, a hold on on what our clients are doing, and, and we keep in touch with our biggest ones, so we can really see what their needs are in in the upcoming months. And then once we we target an opportunity and, and want to give it a shot, we have our. In- entire internal team that's focused on recruiting and interviewing freelancers we have them go out and start to make job posts and start to do marketing towards those new skill sets to start to bring in freelancers that would be interested in offering those services very interesting that's great and 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 so and then that's kind of how the whole process is started so that is very very cool um what is the reception connor so let's let's take your your typical first time free up customer all right i i just signed mm-hmm. up with free up i'm chatting with connor he i've got all these ideas for what i need i need help with um sure. what is that first what does that first runaround look like with the free up customer so you 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 understand that they need your services what does it kind of look like in terms of helping mm-hmm. them sort of through navigate through that first journey yeah sure so so the like like we've been talking about and like this podcast is focused on a big focus of ours has always been to be very hands on in this whole experience um, because it is outsourcing and, and hiring remote freelancers for some people it's it's very commonplace but for a lot of others they see an opportunity but there's also some reasons that they are hesitant. Yep. So the the first part of the the customer journey is meeting with myself or my business partner and talking to us about their needs, talking to us about what they're looking to do, and we can answer any questions that they have about how the whole marketplace works. Um, once they're ready to, to really request a freelancer and, and start to use the service, they go ahead and create an account with us. Um, so we have a, a whole piece of software that clients can create an account for free. They gain access to their own account, and then they can actually request a freelancer. It's about a 10-question form that they outline that person that they're looking for. That gets submitted to us, and then our internal team makes that available to all all the freelancers. Okay. And then they also go through the freelancers. And if they know someone that's performed well in that skill set before, they'll just let them know about it and then introduce them to the client. Okay. Um, the client can chat with them, have a 10, 15, 20 minute interview, see if it's the right fit for them. And if it is, they can go ahead and hire them and, and then start billing hours right through our software. 
Um, but going along with, with all of that experience is always someone that they can reach out to as well. So okay. they have, they have contact information for myself or my business partner. And then every client also gets a client success assistant who reaches out to them and lets them know that if they need help with anything, that person's available around the clock and can answer any questions and, and make sure that everything's really smooth for them. That's great. I mean, that's great. And it sounds like a really clean, clean, clear process the other thing too, I just want to, I just kind of want to go back to Connor. It's, it's what you mentioned about, you know, you, you and Nate really having a hands-on approach. So for many of our listeners, Connor's, you and I chatted about the other day, a lot of, a lot of our listeners are, um, are, are at startups, right? And many of these folks sure. are working in these really cool businesses, awesome teams, but like many startups, right? They're, they're typically founded and they're, and they're started by folks that, they don't always necessarily have uh, a ton of experience. Maybe they've got fantastic ideas. Maybe they've been A players in the past when it comes to actually running their own game. Sure. And I think that you know, th- having that hands-on approach and having a, a set of founders that stays close to the customer, listens to the customer, has a has a strong pulse for what the heartbeat of the customer is saying. That is invaluable, my friend. It's so so. And the other thing too, and Connor, I'm sure you already you see this every single day with your freelancers and with your internal team. It goes really, really far mm. with the team. They 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 love knowing that mm. you know you're going to be close to you're going to be in the weeds. You're going to get into the trenches. You're going to understand what the customer's problems, concerns are, and you're going to learn about the good stuff, right? And I think that that is just so valuable. Yeah. I was so happy when you were when we were chatting about that the other day. That that's a big part of what the way that you and Nate think about it. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, it, it's it's tough at first, right? You you have so many things going on when you're starting a business. But uh, what we found is is if you can really focus on the customer and make them as happy as possible, they're going to be more inclined to you know first use your service at a high level, and then they're also going to be inclined to refer their friends to you because you've provided them with such a, a great experience, and they know that there's someone that that is on the other end of the line that they can talk to and work through issues with so absolutely you know for startup owners i i think that's a huge thing to keep in mind your your business is only as good as those first customers and and how happy you keep keep them so being focused on the customer experience can be really powerful at first that's absolutely right and and, you know it's funny because connor a lot of um some of the some of the companies that i've worked with in the past right one of the big challenges as a company's growing and as your volume's increasing and as you got more and more customers, it's maintaining that quality. But you are mm. 100% right where if the focus and the effort early on during the traction building and during the actual growth period of the company, if you entrench that into the culture and you make that a very, very real part of the way that the, the company thinks, acts, and breathes, man, it makes it so much easier when you're ready to scale and when you're ready to take on that volume. It's 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 just part of the way that the, the company thinks about it, taking care of customers, ensuring that they have great experiences and continuing to find new customers by doing those things. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Connor, you and I had a really interesting thing that I, I'd love for you to kind of chat with the CX Chronicles nation about, which is you, you mentioned something during our, our, our chat the other day about how, you know, CX will define the growth of the freelance and the gig economy mm-hmm. over the next 10 years. I would love to just hear your thoughts about that. And I, I'm probably going to have a few follow-up questions uh, around it. Yes. So just from being in the space for, for a number of years and, and seeing how it's been growing, I mean, it's clear, even if you just go and read news articles today, that the freelance and the gig economy is growing rapidly. And there's a lot of predictions out there that within the next 10 years, 
over 50% of the U.S. workforce will be involved in some sort of freelance capacity on a weekly or even daily basis. I, I'm sorry, so, can, you, can you say that one more time for our listeners? Because I want them all to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, over it's predict, there's predictions out there that in, within the next 10 years, over 50% of the U.S. workforce will be involved in the freelance economy in some way or another. That is wild. That's wild. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And it's it's been growing rapidly in, in the past couple of years. And, you know, it's, it's becoming more modernized here in the past, I would say, 10 or 15. Um, and so, you know, as it started maybe five, five years ago when uh, Upwork and Fiverr and freelancer really came into the space and, and we're starting to build dominance. It was it was new and it was great that you just had a place you could go to find someone to work with you remotely. Um, but today, business owners, um, and I think in the future, it's going to become more of a, they want, want that white glove. They want that higher level experience where they can go somewhere and they know they're getting introduced to someone that's reliable, has the experience, and is ready to work with their business immediately. Um, and, you know, you see that with FreeUp. That's what we're doing. There's a lot of other players in the marketplace that are working towards that as well. Another big one is TopTal, and they, they specialize within a lot of web developers, web designers, um, and they take the top 3%. And there's a number of other ones that are popping up into the industry that are, again, focused on, on pre-vetting before they make that introduction. So I think that's going to be a big part of the industry going forward, and, and you'll see a lot of people moving towards that. It's really it's a, it's a super interesting idea. It's a super interesting stat. The other thing too is it really does make sense, right? How many companies spend tons of time, money, effort, energy, all of those things to bring folks into the business that they think are going to be really, really great fits. And then oftentimes there's that mismatch right back to the front of the conversation where you mentioned Connor, where like, whether it's retention, whether it's uh, actually finding that bond or that stick to occur, right? Because it's a two way street, employer, employee relationship, it's two way street. But this is different. This is like, okay, Customer, here's the set of needs you have. Here is the potential network of individuals who know how to do this, know how to act, have experience. And it's kind of nice where a customer can really kind of start off with one project. Maybe they have the freelancer do a specific thing. That could lead to a variety of other future projects, I assume. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's always my encouragement to people who are, who are starting with remote freelancers. And remote work is start slow. Hire someone for... A couple of hours a week, see if they crush a project for you. If they do, give them a few more. Do it again. If it works out, keep going. Um, but you know, if, if it doesn't work out, fire quickly and, and find someone else that can that can help you in that project area or within that task of your business. Sure. No, that makes sense. I have to ask you. And um, in term, what is there ever situations where to that point, Connor? Uh, free uh, free up freelancers do so well that maybe a potential client does want them to come on full time. Does that mm-hmm. happen? Yeah, it has happened a few times in the history of the company, and within our terms of use, we have a buyout clause, so we're, we're very open to that, and um, we've had some great relationships created from clients and freelancers meeting through us, but then taking the relationship to a full-time basis outside of the marketplace. That's awesome. That's that's super, that's super cool. I, I encourage all of our listeners to check out freeup.com. Check out some of the things that Connor and his team are helping their clients with. Very, very cool stuff. And on top of it, you heard what Connor said. This is going to be a massive space in the future. And for some of you folks who are kind of wondering what you want to do do next, maybe you've got a couple years of experience under your belt, you might have to be reaching out to Mr. Connor here to figure out you know, if, if, if a solution like FreeUp makes sense for, you, for finding your next potential gig. So, Connor, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to speak with anyone. 
Um, let me ask you this, sir. I want to turn the mic over to you, and I would love for you to tell the CX Chronicles Nation about any upcoming projects, news, press. What do you want CX Nation to know about you, and where can we send them so that if they have questions for you or for FreeUp, we can point them directly to you? Awesome. So FreeUp has a lot of awesome updates coming up. We're releasing a, a new design of our website. We're releasing a, a number of new features within our software, both for clients and freelancers, over the next quarter. So a lot of exciting updates coming. And again, a lot of them are, are coming from ideas that we've received from our clients and freelancers. So really trying to trying to stay tapped in as possible to our customers and, and listen to them so we can make changes that continue to make the marketplace better. If anyone's interested in either becoming a freelancer or looking for freelancers to hire for your business, visit freeup.com, F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. And I'm happy to speak with anyone as well. My calendar, as well as my business partner's calendar, is right on our website where you can set up a meeting with us. So I'd love to get in touch with anyone. And if you're just interested in Staying up to speed with the freelance and gig economy, I post articles pretty often, both on my Facebook and LinkedIn. So I'd love to connect with you there as well. That's that's great. So I I, I think that Connor, I think what you guys are doing is incredible. I know as you and I have already been talking about, um, I've got a few things that I'm planning. I'm personally chatting with Connor about offline guys in terms of how this can really kind of help to give you your next opportunity. Maybe it's helping to grow your own individual freelance gig. Uh, maybe it's maybe this is how you actually get your own business started, right? This is this is an incredible, uh, yep. powerful way of meeting people, making connections, proving and gaining your credibility to others. And uh, mm-hmm. and I love it. I think I think this is awesome, Connor. I I, I want to thank you so much for uh, for being on the show with us today. Um, I think that this was an incredible story, and I'm really really excited that you were able to come on and and, and chat with the CX Chronicles Nation today. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, Connor, you have a fantastic day. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, Be on the lookout for some updates. I'll make sure that I make some posts in terms of where you can get it to Connor if you have any questions or if if you'd like to get in touch with him directly. And uh, again, Connor, thank you so much for joining the CX Chronicles podcast. Thanks, Adrian. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles. Be sure to subscribe, save, and share with all of your fellow CXers. And until next time, make happiness a habit, CX Chronicles Nation. Check us out at cxchronicles.com.